You're listening to Talking Mighty, the social media podcast brought to you by Mighty Social. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of Talking Mighty, your one-stop shop for news, opinions, and insights on the exciting world of social media. Today, we're going to be talking about a social channel originally named Pickaboo, whose founders tried 34 different projects before they found success. It supports over 35 different countries' languages, and on average, the app is opened around 30 times per day by their active users. It also received offers from Facebook for $3 billion and Google from $30 billion. I am, of course, talking about Snapchat. And here with me today to talk about this lovely little social channel, we have Charlie. Welcome back, Charlie. How's it all going? Hey, Ali. It's great to be back talking all things social. Thank you for having us back on. You're very welcome. Great to have you here. And we also have the lovely Simon as well. How are you doing, Simon? Hello, guys. Lovely to be here and excited to get into it. Superb. So let's just let's get some formalities out of the way first, I suppose. Simon, you're relatively new to the agency, so tell us a little bit about, before we get into Snapchat and the, uh, and the, and the success that you guys have had with it, um, how did you find yourself in this realm of social media? Um, so I ended up, after finishing university, wondering what I wanted to do uh, for my master's, and marketing was always something I wanted to do. Uh, and I settled on digital marketing because I figured that it was such a burgeoning market. Uh, it's such an interesting thing, making sure that people uh, see advertisements and see your products or a company's products while um, they're on social media. And it's such a big opportunity. It was always something I was interested in and thought I could lend uh, my talents to. So it was something that I've always been excited about and that's continued into the first uh, six-ish months of working in digital marketing. Is it six months already? Blimey, that's almost, like, almost. Doesn't time fly when you're having fun? Um, but no, I would say that you, the, your talents are always, obviously already starting to shine through uh, with the campaigns that you've been running. Now, obviously when you, sit on the, you both sit on the paid media side of things from the agency point of view. And um, when we think of paid adverts and paid media, we traditionally think of Facebook, Instagram as driving leads and creating um, conversions and that kind of thing. But today, obviously, we're talking about Snapchat and you guys have had some success with chat, Snapchat recently. Uh, Charlie, do you want to give us a little bit of an overview about you know, what, what the success was that you had and why you think it was a success? Yeah, for sure. Um, to be fair, we've always sort of, um, looked at Snapchat as a platform to use uh, specifically for visual content um, more so than anything else. Um, initially, we looked at it probably in the same breath of, as, as, as TikTok um, in regards to that sort of like brand awareness, traffic, driving some sort of, I don't know, attention piece to it as opposed to anything else. Um, but I think the capabilities have definitely grown over the last few years um, with Snapchat particularly. I mean, now we're able to have catalog sale campaigns, the formats change to mirror Facebook using collection formats, carousel formats, uh, story features. And I mean, Snapchat probably was the first platform to visually engage via video for even Instagram to sort of adapt. So Instagram stories derive pretty much from Snapchat and how they done things. Um, like I said, TikTok is pretty much mirrored um, that relatability um, that people have for visual content. Um, and now, like I said, we're in, a, we're in a situation where 
rather than just doing brand awareness campaigns, we actually achieved some fantastic results um, for one of our clients using conversion campaigns and actually using some content that they've got, not just video, but static also. Um, I think that's probably what sparked um, this podcast and, and, and this area of, of discussion was the fantastic results that we got from it really. So that's sort of like a, an overview as to what we got into, but I'm sure you have questions that derive from it about the actual intricacies and, and the actual setup from it as well. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one, Snapchat, isn't it? Because I wanted to, you know, before we get into sort of the um, the details of what you guys have been doing, I think you touched on brand awareness there and how, you know, traditionally we've been using it as a brand awareness piece and that, that shouldn't go up, that shouldn't go ignored, you know, with, I read a stat that was 293 million daily active users. Um, and <laughs> more scarily, the, the average Snapchat user spends 40 minutes daily on the platform. That's uh, an incredible amount of time when you consider, you know, there's, there's only 24 hours in a day and at least eight of those are going to be at work. Um, you know, 40 minutes is an awful long time to spend time on one single platform. Um, so obviously the brand awareness pieces that you've been doing has have been triggered by that usage. Um, what is it about Snapchat do you think that's now starting to see those conversions start to trickle in? Are people, why are people suddenly starting to use it as a more, uh, as a conversion focused channel? I think um, from what we got as an agency is the amount of data that's available um, for us to use, for us to import, export, whatever it might be. Um, the iOS changes that happened over the last year with Facebook uh, specifically means that actually when we come to reporting or discussing various uh, bits of information with the client about performance, we wasn't actually able to determine gender, um, we wasn't able to determine locations and a few other important um, bits of information that the client be interested in and not only for that um, in regards to reporting but actually how we shape strategy um, how we put together campaigns how we segment audiences all these things are key in regards to sort of what we can do as an agency to enhance performance so i think initially what was really interesting is actually that data is still available on snapchat you know um the the impression we had when setting up the campaigns um around the black friday period i know it's a massive gifting period also but it's a chance for people to treat themselves by themselves some gifts um and what what we what we thought was a predominantly male focused audience was actually completely wrong um we saw females uh, between the ages of i don't know 18 to 35 plus um was our three top best performing audiences um in a specific ad set which screams out actually there's an area of gift in there but it actually um conveys to us that one we can um we can shape strategy in the future um and two obviously we can use that to our advantage so the the the, the things that aren't available on facebook anymore or makes it harder for us to to put together campaigns specifically we're able to get that information from Snapchat. So that cross-platform use is ultimately very, very important um, aside from that. And I'm sure, Simon, I'm sure you want to add on some points around conversion um, percentages and other metrics that we could look at for sure. Yeah, so um, with the campaigns we've been running on Snapchat um, for some specific uh, brands, we've seen much higher levels of both click-through rate and um, conversion rate when we've been running these campaigns, especially over the, um, the really, really important times for 
um, buying and gifting. So Black Friday, Christmas, we've seen absolutely great results, especially in terms of conversion rate in the high to mid 20s. Um, when obviously there's still there's still the opportunity to have high conversion rates on Facebook and Instagram through their advertising. But Snapchat, we found it's almost a different proposition, as you were alluding to, Alistair, with the, um, the sort of reasons you'd want to use Snapchat as your advertising platform. It's a different proposition. It's a different way of marketing to people. And it's almost a different audience. Obviously, there's crossover between the users. But I think... You have to, on Facebook, you can have a static image with some text. People might read through it while they're scrolling. On Snapchat, I think it's much more important to lead with your brand value proposition. You want to be, in the first two seconds or so, I think a case study suggests that you should be getting the attention of your customers in the first two seconds of them seeing an ad on Snapchat. So you have to be a bit more punchy. You can't have long paragraphs. You can't have something that's boring to look at you have to you have to be on that with interesting creative and i think that's obviously a completely different um obviously interesting creative useful on facebook and instagram as well but it's a completely different way of advertising on snapchat and what role you know you talk about briefly about the, the um creative there what role does video play in the campaigns that you've been done because i just read a stat I'm, I, you, the viewers can't see but i've got a whole a whole uh, stat pack in front of me that I'm, I'm constantly referring to obviously i know them off by heart i mean sure who doesn't um 18 billion video views a day on snapchat how do you how do we use in the campaigns that you've used with your clients what role does video play if there's that much consumption of it what role does video play? I think I think it definitely depends on the client. Um, it's not necessarily about what role the video plays. I think it's what role the specific video plays. So the content that's actually used. If there's a specific call to action on their shop now, uh, sign up, learn more, and stuff like that, it's, it's capturing the attention of the person we're showing we need to bring that forward a lot sooner so people actually understand what they're getting themselves into when they're watching the video. We've only got them for a few seconds. So we want to make sure that we're capitalizing where's possible. I think if we're using video um, in relation to other formats, it's ultra, ultra, one, ultra interesting. Um, and two, it just shows enough variation in what we're doing. Um, we have other clients where we do, I don't know, recruitment for, for example, where pretty much what people want to see is exactly what's on the job poster, exactly what they're signing up for, rather than watching a whole video of someone talking about it. And then at the end, they're going, right, actually, now you need to sign up. So I think it, it's obviously a case by case uh, basis as of, as with anything um but for sure i think it's the actual content optimizing it for specific platforms i think that's the key thing um like i said someone that's using tiktok um is definitely watching the video in a different way to watch it on what they're watching it on on, on um twitter we were talking about that before ali people um uh are using twitter to educate themselves find out a little bit more about what's going on tiktok is is very much um uh, quick video flicking through what's next what's next what's next oh there's something on food there's something on homeware there's something on this something on that travel for example so it's just about what's in the video as opposed to the actual video i think it's the key part here and that's interesting because um you mentioned yeah different platforms and optimizing from different platforms and that's a subject that we cover pretty much daily with clients is that there's no one size fits all uh, process to this but how do you think 
Snapchat differs to something like Instagram Stories. Now, when Story when Instagram Stories launched, I think it killed Snapchat by about forty percent of usage. Everyone all of a sudden were like, "Hang on a minute, there's, there's there's something new and shiny." But obviously, with the success that you've been having, and that they're still getting the, the the viewing stats and the active users, so how do you think the the consumption is different between the two channels? I think from a selfishly, purely from a made a paid media standpoint, I think is literally due to the data that's available. Um, this is why it's a massive, massive benefit for us. I don't think it's a case where it's like we need to look at that platform in isolation and that platform in isolation. If the content makes sense, there's no reason why we can't try it for both. Obviously, we need to take into consideration the user who we're trying to target, how we're trying to target them, and what messages we're trying to get across. Um, but I think it's not a case where we have to look at Snapchat as a standalone platform, but how it can enhance strategy. Do we use the data from uh, Snapchat to focus on audience segmentation for Facebook and Instagram? Because Facebook and Instagram is always going to have more users. People are more likely to interact with ads via Facebook and Instagram. But when you've got a platform like Snapchat that holds its own, has its own numbers and um, capabilities, there's no reason why there can't be that crossover. So it's not a case of looking at it in isolation, but it's how can we enhance and grow current social strategy by incorporating Snapchat within this? Exactly. Just, just to add on to that, um, it's, it can be used as a supplementary channel as well as a standalone channel, I think, with Snapchat. It's not something that um, has to be run, obviously, by itself. And obviously, it still has that user base. Um, it might have lost some through the Instagram and Facebook, uh, especially Instagram, uh, bringing in stories. But I think that you still obviously have that user base there. And it's sort of a different user base, I think, statistically. I think it's a younger user base. People that use Snapchat might not use Instagram and might not use Facebook, which I think is starting to trend a little bit older. So you obviously still have a lot of value advertising through Snapchat and using Snapchat Ads Manager to uh, bring through ads uh, to people that you want to target with your products. To dig deeper into paid media, head to our mighty blogs at mightysocial.tech slash blog. So take me back to the beginning. Your client comes to you and they've got a proposition. What do they want to do? And why did you consider Snapchat in this phase? And did you set out to start getting conversions from Snapchat or was it a happy accident? I think without, without obviously giving too much away, I think, you know what, we had quite a lot of budget available um, for this particular client, especially around the Black Friday period. Um, so rather than exhausting all our Facebook audiences, you can obviously you can do a variety of testing and stuff like that, but really along the Q4 period, you should pretty much have your social strategy nailed down um, what you're planning to do. You should have done your testing pretty much in the first quarter or first half of the year. Um, I think when you get to a point now where you've got a massive budget, obviously you want to make sure that results are efficient as possible. Rather than having frequency ultra high or exhausting audiences via Facebook and, um, Facebook and Instagram, you automatically look at other platforms and other ways of being able to spend the money efficiently. And not, that's not to say actually um, we're wasting the money and stuff like that, but there's no reason why we can't use um, other platforms. I don't know, Pinterest at a later consideration point, um, TikTok and Snapchat at the very beginning as a brand awareness point um, and, and key components of that. I think, I think with this, we had previous results that worked specifically well um, for campaign launches. And I think with the Black Friday period and all the stuff that we had going on around it, it pretty much made sense to allocate some budget over towards Snapchat. And like I said, when we've done the review afterwards to go, right, actually, how did that perform? How did this perform? 
had that audience do, we were pretty much blown away by how Snapchat performed. And that's why now, obviously, we're having this conversation. It's helped us shape strategy moving forward. But it's little things like conversion rate being ultra, ultra high, um, over 25%, for example, of people. So seeing an ad, responding to an ad, and actually converting in that ad um, speaks volumes. And that's with the attribution window set to one that makes sense for us to be able to accurately report on these results. So with that said, it was just about being smart with our strategy with a massive budget and being able to utilize not just only um, Facebook and Instagram, but actually other platforms as well. And I think Snapchat's at that level where we've got that. TikTok isn't yet. It just hasn't grown to that level yet. I'm sure that'll be another podcast for sure. Um, but like I said, Snapchat's reached a level where it's hit the sweet spot between Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and TikTok in regards to what we can do shopping-wise, what data is available, and actually, yeah, the capabilities of, um, of what we can do as a platform. That's a really nice way of putting it. Side note, I actually saw someone walk into a wall this morning because they were looking on Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> that's, how, that's how much the consumption is. Are um, we looking at one of our ads? So interesting. Yeah. I would hope so. I would hope so. If you guys are doing your jobs right, that's exactly what she was doing. <laughs> exactly. um, she actually tripped over the curb before walking into the wall. You would have thought she would have learned, but such yeah. is life. Um, so let's talk... Be as specific as you can. Obviously, yeah. we can't, we're in a position, unfortunately, where we can't give away which client this was for. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to know the specifics uh, from your point of view, Simon, about how you tailored that campaign. So Charlie mentioned, you know, we were able to explore Snapchat within the wider campaign. So what did we do with regards to Snapchat specifically uh, to get the results that we did? So I think um, with the brand we worked with for the first time with Snapchat, uh, we felt that it was quite tailored to Snapchat anyway. I think it made sense to advertise for, uh, on there and we always thought that was going to be something we were going to do. I think we started um, with sort of smaller budget campaigns, seeing how they would work, uh, tailoring them to Snapchat with our creative and trying to make sure um, we were actually getting the sort of results we wanted from Snapchat with a smaller budget and we just increased it because we felt that it was performing so well. Uh, I'm sure Charlie can attest to this as well, but we've also had success with a dynamic catalog. I was mentioning earlier about how uh, video creative is obviously king on Snapchat, but it's not to say you can't have success uh, with something like a catalog or static imagery if it's done right, if it's interesting, if it's visually interesting, if it gives a good proposition. And I mean, even with brand awareness, it's something you can do. But I think you have to tailor it towards the brand you're working with when you're advertising on Snapchat. It's maybe some sort of like lifestyle or homeware thing, uh, home uh, renovation type products maybe aren't as suited to being um, on Snapchat. I think sort of higher purchase value things maybe aren't, but it's definitely something where, especially things like clothing, uh, shoes, things like that, uh, merchandise, accessories are definitely things that you can put on Snapchat and make um, a lot of, Uh, have a lot of success with when you're advertising those sort of products and I think that's what we have done with the clients we've worked with when we've used Snapchat to advertise. For sure just to add on to that you made some great points there I think the um, the use of the catalogue DPAs so dynamically um, showing people what they've interacted with product wise before so if you've looked at a a particular shirt trainers jumpers whatever else it might be 
obviously we're showing people what they've interacted with. They can make the, the, the relation between where they was previously looking at products to where they are now, obviously in the hope that we, we can convert them with a specific tailored bespoke messaging. I think the other thing as well is the use of CRM data, um, which you can plug in and really focus on. I think not enough companies know about how much and how far you can stretch that customer base that customer data and make the most use out of it. And like I said, it's not just a case of um, necessarily plugging in data and that's it. But if you understand your audience, you understand long-term value customers, you understand past purchasers, people that have maybe signed up previously, but have never shown any intent to purchase anything. That's where our job comes in to go, actually, right. How can we tailor campaigns to all these? How can we feel like we're talking to them specifically rather than just putting an ad out there, which is quite robotic and going, right, we've got this for sale money go and purchase it it stretches beyond that builds customer base and obviously like i said um not necessarily men's uh, consumer relationship but it definitely helps maintain it to a level where i don't know they feel valued you know and the results that we had from this campaign you said they sort of surpassed all expectations what are we looking at here yeah for sure i mean obviously we can't give away exact figures but yeah, ROAS specifically conversion. I think the main one was conversion rate um, and understanding actually if people are interacting with a Snapchat ads and they're going through to purchase, the percentage is ultra, ultra high. We used to see them um, not as high metrics. And not to say that that's a problem anyway, that's just a standard for what we're seeing. That's what we're used to, whatever launch we do, whatever campaign we have live. Um, so to see that on Snapchat was, was quite refreshing. Uh, but it also spoke volumes about... Um, how people respond to the ads, what they're going through to purchase, so on and so forth. So I think pretty much across the board, almost as good cost per purchase, uh, ROAS, uh, revenue figures, even reaching impressions and frequency was ultra low also. So with that said, I think it was, yeah, a success across the board. And like I said, now, rather than going, right, actually, how can we um, fit Snapchat into it? It's, it's more a case of going, right, how can we make Snapchat work even harder? What other things can we do to, to plug in? What other areas can we look at in Snapchat? And like I said, it doesn't just work on the, on the front end of a campaign, but the reporting metrics to go, actually, them territories in Europe work. North America doesn't work as well, so should we allocate less budget towards that? Actually, we've got Australia and Japan over the other side of the world working on stuff that we need to shape the time zones that they're making the purchase. Little things like that to go, actually, right, and um, that's where we can officially spend money and that's obviously what the client cares about is actually how can we get the most out of what we're spending um obviously we look at the intricacies and, and the finer details of stuff and that's where like i said snapchat for this particular campaign has worked on the front end but it's massively massively helped on the back end also just like to quickly add a point to that as well um we are still in the early stages of using it for snapchat but i think We've tried to do some split testing. Um, specifically, we tried with um, a static versus video creative, uh, and we found success with um, finding which ones worked better through Snapchat. I think the split testing, uh, the sort of capabilities on Snapchat are really, really quite useful. And it's also something, as Charlie's obviously mentioned, with the uh, targeting and how you can target people uh, more efficiently than on Facebook or Instagram. Is something you could use as a, a split test between uh, audiences or between genders or between age groups. And that's something that is still an opportunity for a lot of brands that they can really, really hone in on who their core customers are and who's purchasing their products. And that will help them understand how they should be advertising those products. And it's sort of, it's like a cycle and it just sort of 
it makes sense, I think, to do uh, these sort of tests on Snapchat. And it's quite, it's quite set up where it allows you to do those tests uh, with regularity and to achieve success through them as well. Yeah, one more point to add on that. Sorry, just because it's coming to my mind. But the, um, the I think it's more so in paid social than ever is the, the, the um, accurate data area of understanding how performance is going, understand how we can optimize campaigns, understanding who's responding to our ads, how they're responding to them, building up, I don't know, specific pixel data. With Facebook, obviously we focus a lot more on Google Analytics and UTM tag and setting up some things in a specific way where we can understand what's going on, despite obviously, and, and, and even with that, we can't actually determine the extent of all of our sales, all of our conversions purely because it's just not possible. It's just not applicable without specific attribution tools. Snapchat's not in that area. We're able to pick up so much more data and we're able to use so much more data to our advantage. Um, so that's why specifically there's, um, there's definitely a plus there. Well, guys, thank you very much indeed for talking to me today. It's been really interesting to know a little bit more about what it is that you do and the intricacies that go into the paid media campaigns. Uh, I've been speaking to people who listen to the podcast who aren't involved in social media, and um, they are astounded actually at the level of detail and the level of complexities that go into reaching consumers on a day-to-day basis. Uh, one of the uh, people that I know listens to the um, podcast actually works for a major phone manufacturer and he said that he works he just deals with the public every day and the amount of requests that he gets for phones just purely based around uh, social media consumption is uh, is amazing and is uh, so yeah it's i think we, we are t- we're people are very interested in what you guys have to say so let's get you on the podcast again because i think there's more detail we can go into um but for now uh, simon it's been great to have you thank you very much indeed for coming I yeah, appreciate you having us on. Uh, really enjoyable. Thank you. And Charlie, it's great to have you here again. Uh, insightful as always. And I dare say we'll see you very, very soon. Yeah, I was just about to say that. We'll probably see each other very soon again. But yeah, great to be on. Thank you for having us. And um, yeah, see you soon. Thank you, guys. News, opinion, insights. This is Talking Mighty, the social media podcast by Mighty Social. Visit our website at mightysocial.tech.